Okay, Sunday night, Shar HaBitochon. The third parak, and we're up to page Kuflamet Gimel, around the middle of the page. The Hashishis, the sixth. The sixth, meaning he has five, the parak consists of five, uh, five clarifications, five things that when they're clear in your mind, you will have complete bitachon. The first thing consists of the seven things that he discussed in the second parak that make something worthy of bitachon. And now he's elaborating much more than in the second parak how HaKadosh Baruch Hu has all these attributes. And he doesn't really follow the order of the second parak. We're up to the hashishas here, the sixth of the seven. This is really the seventh in the second parak. What did he say in the seventh in the second parak? He said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does and wants what's best for you, even if you're undeserving. He stresses that very, very much. He knows that's a very big uh, obstacle to developing bitachon, is the feeling that, well, maybe I blew it somewhere and Hashem's mad at me, and I don't deserve it. So he stresses very much that we get undeserved chesed from Hashem, and that's l'chatchila, how Hashem functions. It's not grudgingly. Part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's being native is that he's native to us even though we don't deserve it. And he develops that thought here, that idea here, much more than, uh, a little more than in the second paragraph. That you should contemplate and think about and realize and internalize how much good Hashem does for you. Now really, the whole Shar HaBechina and the Chavis HaVavis, maybe Mitz Hashem will learn it one day, the Shar HaBechina describes various things in nature. And the truth is, as we become more advanced in our scientific knowledge of whether it's the human body or the sciences with physics or chemistry or even biology, or, or as we go into outer space more and more, I mean, the more developed our science knowledge is, we could rewrite Shar HaBechina. <laughs> I don't want to say we could do a better job than the Chavis HaVavis, but certainly the more they find out scientifically, the more astounding it is that everything works. It, it, it's, it's astounding how much chesed there is in the Brita, whether it's how, you know, if you would ask the Chavis HaVavis how the eye works, so he, I don't know if he would have been able to describe the intricacy and the, 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 the thousands of links that have to work for the, for the human eye. Or, so, so that's Shar HaBechina. Here he just says, realize how much good Hashem does for you. And he does it for you undeserved. And here he says a very interesting thing. He says, if you have any doubt if Hashem does it, even though you're not deserving, he says, I have a very simple, uh, have a very simple litmus test. He says, when you, when you were in Uber, when you were in the womb, so certainly you didn't deserve anything there. You weren't doing mitzvahs yet. And you, you, weren't, you weren't doing anything yet. And the truth is, he says, to sustain First of all, the whole creation is is like a miracle. I'm not even talking about that. 
but to sustain an uber in the womb is a, is a miracle. It's a miracle. How it's nizon, how it stays protected, how it grows, how it. He says, and it doesn't deserve anything then. No one can accuse the uber then of deserving what Hashem does for it. That's what he means by this. From the very inception of a person's creation, obviously, you don't deserve anything then. So, undeserved chesed, chesed, we really, I mean, you know, we're sitting here in Tovshin Samach Zayin in Eretz Yisrael. You know, <laughs> our door, we could say, the last, the post Holocaust generation is really the benef- we, we are really the beneficiaries of, of I mean, I, I don't want to make you're always the beneficiaries of Hashem's Chesed, but to feel you know, the, the shefa of what we have and the, the shefa what's showered upon us, even as, as bad as things seem to be sometimes, but we really have a, a shefa, an outpouring of shefa, whether it's, I'm talking now, obviously, every person is an individual, but if you step back and look at Klal Yisrael, whether it's even just the amount of children. Again, I'm talking about Klal Yisrael. Bederech Klal, right? The Shefa of, of, of fertility. And and, and Bederech Klal, the Shefa of Parnosa. I mean, we have, what we consider not having is, <laughs> you know, two generations ago, I'm not even talking about the Holocaust generation. Even just Eastern European Jewry we we've way surpassed what was what's called in history the golden age of Spain. That's when the Jews were the richest and the best off and the luckiest and the freest and the most and, and, and you know Ale Parnosa and this. We've way surpassed the golden age of Spain. I mean we're we're like this has never occurred in history. The the, the the Shefa that's been shown to us since the Holocaust, you know, Kodesh Baruch Hu. So, and then you think on a personal level, really, if you think, again, <coughs> everybody has their individual tsaris. I'm aware of that. I also do. Everybody has their own individual demons. Everyone has their own individual demons and their own individual tsaris. But Kavita Lovis wants you to step back and say, wow, like think of yourself as a as a four-year-old and then think of yourselves now and you say, well, my life has been a life of chesed. We'll all be forced to say that. I mean, Hashem has steered us through life, right? Think of ourselves as infants, as children. He's talking about getting through the birth process. We all know how much can go wrong in in, in, in the birth process. You know, he wants you to, you know, we, we came through it healthy. We came through it. We're here. We made it. And then when you think 
about life and how we got to here. And then, you know, again, you go through Shar HaBechina. Just every breath we take. Nishmas, right? It's Kedai, this is number six, to just think about how much Chesed Hashem does with us that's undeserved. If you ever wonder if Hashem does for us, like you say, well, will Hashem help me out here? I haven't been perfect, and I don't know if I deserve it. He says, you know, you didn't deserve to be born, you didn't deserve to make it through life intact, <laughs> in one piece. And so the showering of Shefa of Chesed that's undeserved should leave no room for doubt of this Midah of Hashem. That's number six. To contemplate and to think about Right? Every time you go into the store and you, you're not sure, like, I don't know, uh, you know what, kind of, what, what kind of dress to buy, <laughs> what kind of fruit to buy. You go to, you go to any silly macolet and, and, and you, know, you, you, you can go crazy with the choice of breakfast cereals. It's a shefa of chesed. It really is. And, you know, what have we done to deserve it? And, and, and just look how many shoe stores there are. Just <laughs> it's full of shoe stores. My father's second wife, my mother passed away, my father remarried. She had two dresses. One for the weekday, one for Shabbos. <laughs> that was her wardrobe. Okay, so next time you say I have nothing to wear, <laughs> no, tell your husbands that the Rabbi Paskin that he has to buy you a new dress for Shavuos. Now, maybe it's too late already. I should have told you this last week. I'm sorry. I apologize. But certainly he has to buy you a new dress for Shavuos. New shoes and a new dress. And if he got you some jewelry on the side, it wouldn't be so bad either. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, when, but when we think I have nothing to wear, you know, Anyway, but really, really, Chazalovus wants you to internalize that Hashem, it, all he wants you to realize is that Hashem will do for you even if you don't deserve it. So don't be nervous about being undeserving, he says. That's his point. And he brings out a marvelous Pasuk, which if you say Tillim, you might recognize the Pasuk, but it's really a startling interpretation of the Pasuk. He says... Or also, he says, the Lomot Nation who Zokuk Lo. That's an important ingredient. Don't think Hashem, you know, sometimes you do something for someone because you need Him. Hashem doesn't need us. Hashem doesn't need our service of Him. So it's not that we deserve it, and it's not that Hashem has to get on our good side. Elatova, Chemla, the Chesed, Unadova. You know, we could, st- we could stand on each word and define it whether it's in the original Arabic or in his translation, these are four words here, Tova, Chem, Chesed, Nedava, but we're not learning on that level. The truth is there's two kinds of books that are good to read. I mean, there's one book that talk about Neflo's Habore. It's really Mechazek Emunah. And we could all use some Chizek Emunah because 
Hashem's invisible, uh, we don't see him. So there's some books that just describe the Pile Habria and it's Machazak Aramuna because things are so perfectly designed and planned and work out like so perfectly. So it's Machazak Emunah. But then there's another type of Pile Habria which is the Chesed and Thal, like how everything works and how Hashem designs things for our benefit. And uh, I'm, I'm not such a bulky in it. Uh, but like the, the, the eye and the way the tears work and when you blink, like all these things are going on. Just, you know, every time you, there's so many things. It's it's really, you feel like, Ilu finu, Ilu finu, Ilu finu, it's really true. Really, you don't know. Every time you cut yourself, really, the the, the blood clotting system, red red cells, white cells. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's ain't self. It's ain't self. You could you could. It's ain't self. Chesed. So it's chesed. I'm saying this too. Really, I, I was really struck lately. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I was struck by it again because I see it more and more. I go. I browse in farm stores. They have more and more for children, like, like ages 10 to 15, to 18 even, they have more and more Mada books. It's like encyclopedias, mini encyclopedias for Haredi kids. Someone out there either feels, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm not plugged into society here. Someone either feels that there's a need for it, or they're going. It's written like from a from perspective, so maybe they're just writing a shah habachina of the chayvus halvavus without realizing it. But you go into stores now, you could pick from four or five really good children's encyclopedias on science, on geography, on behemoths and chayus, on birds, on life in other countries, and and, and, and like they're really competing ones. And, and, and the stores have it they're more and more so I, I, I buy them for my kids my kid likes to read I don't like that after he learns the whole day he comes home and then he reads some more I'd, I'd rather him I nudge him to go outside and play ball he goes no I don't want to read I want to read <laughs> go play ball <laughs> go ride your bike um, but it's really you know it's good it's good it's, and it's written from a perspective of Shah Habachin and Chavis Aldovas. It's not written from a secular perspective just to acquire knowledge. It's really written like look at Hashem's world. And again, there's two aspects to it. There's Chizuk Emuna. There's no way that there's no creator for this. <laughs> it's absurd. Like you have to laugh. And this point of the Chavis Aldovas is just as important to develop Bitochon. You have to realize chesed. Chesed is amazing that this works and that works, and Hashem makes sure that you that that, that, that you know that, that this part of the body functions and really you know good old Hashem Yatsar. It's worth it to say it with kavana. It works. It's all chesed. So it's all so the both both two two things going on chizuk and and the realization of the chesed. And therefore, the Chavis Halavos wants you to realize the Chesed, so that when you start 
to weaken in your bitachon because you start to say, do I really deserve this? So wait a second, I don't have to deserve it. And as the Chavis HaVavos will say later in Shara HaBitochon, like, what does that mean? Like, wait a second. Like, whoopee? Like, <laughs> I'm free? I can do whatever I want? There's no. You have to do your best. But you don't have to worry. Don't worry that you're not ultimately getting there. Just do your best. Don't be a morade in Hashem, he will say. Don't rebel against Hashem. Try try your best. Do what he wants you to do. Keep on trucking. No, that's all. And that's enough. That's all he wants from you. To try your best. Now, some that include. Okay, we'll develop this idea later. I just have to speak it out now. It includes you can't be lazy. You do your best, and sometimes when you're lazy, you're not doing your best because you're being lazy. That's really the hardest thing. When we make sure we're doing our best, we have to make sure we're not we're not slacking off. We're not slackers. You have to work. You have to make sure you do your best. It's not it's not a have to work. It's not easy, but you don't have to worry. Like as long as you're comfortable that you're doing your best, so Hashem's full of chesed. Even if you fail, even if you slip, even if you. Now he brings down an amazing pasuk, and he brings down a pasuk in Tehillim. And I really like. I I wouldn't think the pasuk means that. What I don't know who says Tillim and how often you say it, if you recognize the Pasuk. Rabos Osisa Toshem Elokai, Nifla Osecho Machshvosecho Eilenu, Ena Roche Lecha, Agida Vadabero, Otsmu Misaper. So the Chavitavova sees in this Pasuk as follows Rabos Osisa Toshem Elokai, you are my Lord, you're, you're my Hashem, you're doing things for me. Your wonders, you think about us. You want what's good for us. That, that's what the Pasuk means. You know, you read the Pasuk, you sort of maybe slide over these words. According to the Trevis the key words in the Pasuk, I think, are Elokai. I'm not sure about Elokai, but I think so. But certainly, Elenu. There's no limits, there's no gvul. And I, I have to just constantly praise Hashem, thank Hashem, make brachas. You know, how do you thank Hashem? Rabbi Vigda Miller, Zatzal, used to have a list of ten things you should do every day. Every day. Ten things to do every day. So one of them, as he said, one of them is to say, I, I love you, Hashem. But he always added, like, don't say it when people are listening. They'll think you're crazy. <laughs> say it in private when no one's listening. But say it. Now, don't think it. That, that was his point. Think about the chesed Hashem. Say, Hashem, I love you. Say that once a day. So you say, I say, Kriyashma once a day. Yeah, okay. Not the same. Anyway, Agido Vadabeira. I will speak your praises. Otsmu Misater. They're really overwhelming. I, I I can't, you know, once I would start talking, if I would start talking, let's assume for a moment I enjoy being rough and based feeler. <laughs> let's make that assumption. If I would start talking how I got there, like, unbelievable chesed. Like, like, like a roller coaster ride, and I didn't know where I was going. 
and I ended up here. Amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing chesed. And if I would talk about how I got to Eretz Yisrael, like I look back, like I can't believe I made it. I have many, many friends who want to move to Eretz Yisrael, and they're not here, right? And this stopped them, and that stopped them, and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And here I am. Well, that's, there's so much chesed, if we would think. If you own a car, and you think back, we're in sixth grade, maybe you wanted to own a car. But how, how do you own a car? You don't have any money. So you got a car. So it's chesed Hashem. Yeah, I have a car now. Maybe it even has air conditioning. <laughs> it's, it's all chesed Hashem. You think of the chasodim Hashem has done for you in your life. Not even talking about the digestive system. Like, there's so many things. It's overwhelming. You could spend your whole day praising and thanking Hashem. You really can. You can. And that's what we say in Nishmas. And that's what davening is all about, though. Tehillim. Really, and that's what the Pesach says here. Otsmu misaper. We we couldn't, we can't, we, we don't know what to do. Just Whether it's our lives or our bodies, biology, how, uh, or th- then you think about the world. You think about the makolet. How you end up with milk on your table, bread on your table. It's really, that's what he wants you to realize, and he wants you to realize you don't necessarily deserve it, and it's happening. So just because you want a particular thing, so you have to develop bitachon, that it'll work. And don't think, don't get, don't be pushed down by, you know, do I deserve it? You don't have to deserve it. You don't, you don't deserve a lot of things, Ultimately, Hashem does things even if we don't deserve it. It's very important to be convinced of the truth of that. The first sentence in this parak was Beiruran. You have to clarifying and Amitasan, and you have to really realize it's true. And you know, you could say it and pay lip service, and it takes time. It takes time. Some people say Nishmas every day. So it's a good thing, right? They say, you know, by the Kosel, there's a new thing, Nishmas. You know that? Yeah, that's well known. 12 o'clock, they say Nishmas in public, publicly. I mean, the public, 12 o'clock at night, they say Nishmas. Okay. The Hashviyas, number seven. In the, seven, in the second parak, this was number five. But it's very, very, very elaborated upon here. In the second paragraph, he just touches upon it, and here he really develops the idea. And I, I'm not even sure. Well, let me first say Bikitsa, what he says, and then we'll learn it inside. In the second paragraph, this appears as the statement that, Hash, that that Hashem has a track record. And really, all the things I just talked about in the sixth thing, which is that Hashem does things was even undeserved. It, it ties into that he has a track record. We can look at our past and we can see Hashem was always taking care of it. But here he develops it from a different angle. His idea in number seven here is as follows. We, the hum, a human being, he says, the world has a plan. Everything has a plan. We see, we see things as chaotic, somewhat, 
like this happened and that happened. Oh my goodness, this happened. You know, and we we're looking at the last link of the chain. And Hashem is planning everything. It's mind-boggling. He must have at least a hundred gig in his computer, at least. <laughs> How everything is planned. Everything is planned to happen when it happens. Everything is planned to exist in the measure that it exists, not more, not less. So when, when things happen, you have to be aware that Hashem is in control, and Hashem planned for it to happen at this moment. You bump into something, and it hurts. So, Chavitavavos wants you to say, well, first of all, Hashem wanted this to happen. This is Hashem hitting me. But he didn't want it to hurt less or more than it actually hurt. It's exactly this amount is planned. When you moved the table last Friday, when you were doing sponge, or you were sweeping, so Hashem planned that the table be in the exact spot with an eye already towards that four days later you would bump into it. It didn't just happen. Everything is planned and measured. And if you look at it, he wants you to look at two things. History, history, events that occur. There could be chains and chains with that are hundreds of years long. You think of Shiduchim, like really, if I think how, if you think like, let's say, how I met my wife, and, and the Shadchan had to know us both, and our parents had to live in a certain place, and their parents had to live in a certain place to produce the children, and like there's millions and millions of links in the chain that lived, that, that, and really the the whole life is like that, the Chavis of Olis will now say. So the world looks chaotic, and it looks like things just happen, but Hashem is the master planner, and everything is a chain of events, and at the end of the chain is Hashem. That's on one end, and you're at the other end of the chain. And everything happens the moment it's supposed to happen, not a minute before, and not a minute afterwards, and everything happens in the measure it's supposed to happen, not too much, not too little. It's planned. Uh, Hashem is doing everything, and everything is, a, is causes. Causes, and there's a cause for that, and there's a cause for that. And, and someone's being born that'll grow up to be a truck driver. To, really? It's amazing, I tell you. And, and, and that has to end up with the bread and the makolet, right? Because, and, and you should get it. You should. Everything is there. Nothing happens by accident. Everything is... Everything happens for a reason and everything is linked to produce the result that Hashem wants. And it's mind-boggling. And when you think about this and think about it, you will develop bitachon because Hashem is running the world. Hashem's. Someone... Should I turn off the tape before? Someone, uh, I was very happy. Someone went to meet a shatchan, an older girl, not that old. <laughs> so and and, and 
and she told me the story today. Shatchan says, uh, you know, you have remarkable qualities. I really don't have anyone for you. It's a problem. You have remarkable qualities. I don't have anyone for you. So she said, you know, that wasn't the smartest thing in the world to say to me. <laughs> she says, but a, a few months ago, she would have been devastated by the remark. She would have been devastated. Now she just said, it's okay. She said to her, there's something. She said, it's not you. It's Hashem. The only question is if you're going to be the shliach or not. It's nothing to do with you. So it's okay. Don't feel bad. Don't worry. <laughs> so that everything is... You, you develop this... That's why you should... I really... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm an avid reader of news. I am. But I, I think it's terrible. Uh, it's terrible. And not because of the schmutz in the news. Not because of the waste of time. Which... It is schmutz, and it is a waste of time. It's, it's really bad. But the most pernicious, I think that's the right word, the, the most subtle evil of newspapers is that they are explaining everything, why it's happening. And it's written from an apikursusha viewpoint, from an atheistic viewpoint. And everything has a reason, and has nothing to do with Hashem. This country is going to war because of this, and this person got killed because of this, and this economy is in a nosedive because of its balance of payments, and and everything, they can explain everything. Of course, they only explain it after it happens. Before it happens, they're clueless. But after it happens, they write about it. No, 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 but they write about it as if it's inevitable. Like they get, become very, very smart, after the fact, mm -hmm. I remember so clearly when Russia collapsed. I mean, I grew up. Russia was like this evil empire, and and, and like everybody was scared of it, and the Cold War, and so powerful. Overnight, it collapsed. So then, the newspapers are very oh, it's inevitable because the economy and, and, and they couldn't sustain it, and but. A week ago, if you would have asked them if Russia was going to collapse, they would have locked you up in a crazy house. Russia collapsed. It's this monolith. It's, it's this huge empire. Strong. Everybody is so frightened of it. Everybody is intimidated by it. It, it rules the world. And, 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 and nothing like it collapsed. So I feel a big evil of newspapers, and this is when you, you and your children, if your children read the news and read newspapers, if they do, you really, I hold this is very insidious. You have to be careful. It trains you against that Hashem's running the world. And maybe it's even Kedai to talk about certain, if, if your children are aware of current events, it's worth it to talk about current events at the Shabbos table or Stam or the supper, if you have your kids for supper, it's worth it to talk about current events just so you could speak out really Hashem perspective that Hashem's doing this and, and, and Hashem made this happen and this is really weird and look at the, say the, the last war, the Israeli army, you know, a, a bunch of ragtag, you know 
so, so the newspapers say, yeah, yeah, they didn't know what they were doing, and, and uh, they had sophisticated weapons, but if you would have asked everybody a week before that if the Hezbollah guerrillas are going to fight the Israeli army, who's going to win? Uh, Shiloh, who's going to win? It's not even a matchup. It's not even a, it's not even a fair fight. Maybe every Israeli soldier should have one hand tied behind his back just to make it fair, right? And then afterwards, everybody's full of explanations. It's again, I, I hold that's the evil of newspapers. It, it it really tears you away from recognition that Hashem's running the world. When I look at what's happening in Iraq and what doesn't happen here, I see this as Hashgacha yeah. as a protection of Israel. It's not that they don't want to do. Oh yeah, all right, that's for sure. But Hashem does behind does hide behind Sibos. And that's what number seven here is, is to realize that there's a master plan for the universe, and Hashem is planning everything that happens, and we shouldn't fall into the trap of looking at the last link of the chain, and it's cause and effect. So we see cause and effect, we look at the last link in a very long chain, and we say, oh, that's cause and effect this right uh, we see a car let's say uh, spinning out of control and, and smashing into a pole so we say oh look what happened but you know how many, start thinking about all the links that led to that there's the reason it happened maybe that maybe the person driving fell asleep so that means that he or she had a rough day yesterday and didn't go to sleep on time. Like, everything could have happened differently. And there's so many links that led to this and who was standing there at the time, and, right? And, and Hashem's planning everything. So to, and this helps you develop bitachal because it, it forces you, it, it helps you, it forces you, it makes you contemplate and realize that that the, that the true master of all that occurs is Hashem. She is Borolo. So the seventh thing is to have it be clarified. That everything that exists in this world, whether it's etzem or mikre, etzem means if it's more objective, mikre is something that happened. In other words, the chair. That's what he's calling it here. The truth is we talked about either last week or two weeks ago, that a chair also has no objective existence, but everything's relative. It's, here he's talking about things or happenings. So things he's calling etzem, and happenings he's calling mikra. Everything has a gavul masuyim. Everything is part of a plan, and it has its place and its time, and its role, and its and, and its boundaries. Lo yosef lo yigra. You can't do more or less than what Hashem planned for this thing or this event to impact. Al Gozer also Habori Yusala. Everything has a time and a place. But Kamuso, the Echuso, Usmano, Umakomo. Whether it's how much in Kamus, how much in Echus, how where, when, Emisha Yarbel, Emisha Gozer Miyuto. Think of Parnosa. You can't do more than Hashem's Gezeira. It's not going to happen. You can't do more than Hashem was goes there should be. But Lomimai, 
and you can't do less than what Hashem. Right? I'm saying the world looks chaotic, but it's very much not chaotic. You can't postpone what Hashem says should happen now, below Maktim, and you can't. If Hashem wants something postponed, all sorts of things. The Gemara talks about how Shmuel Hanavi died because Shaul would have had to stop being king a little earlier than Hashem was goes there. It's like all sorts of things going on, and and, and it all has to fit into the plan. And sometimes we see. Oh, Chiddush, we see an invention. We see a new thing popping up. So you say, oh, this is a new thing. This came about. A person invented this. Hashem wanted this to make its appearance upon in the world at this point in history. Right? So certain Chachmas were revealed to people at certain points in history. In order to enable the outburst, not an outburst, the right, the last 150 years, if you made a chart of inventions, certainly from the Industrial Revolution to today, but even the last 100 years, the last 10 years, we've all lived through a, a spurt of communications, of, of I don't know if you call it inventions, but of, certainly of chidushim in the world of communications, unparalleled right, within the last. Even ten years, not an hour lifetime. You, you communicate. <laughs> I can talk to anybody on the whole globe. I'll probably talk to an astronaut in a spaceship with this place. Maybe not. You can talk to anybody in the whole world. Just punch a few buttons. But it's all, Hashem wanted that to appear now, at this point in history. He didn't want it to appear in the 1700s or 1600s. The printing press came out when the printing press came out. Hashem, someone invented the printing press. A Jew, a believing Jew, is supposed to think that Hashem wanted the invention of printing to appear at that point in time. Why? Sometimes we can think why, sometimes we can't. You know, when you think how people had to laboriously write over every safer that exists, and now you walk into a store and your head spins. Just <laughs> And every week, 50 to 100 new svarim get published. 50 to 100 svarim, I'm just talking about. I'm not talking about storybooks. Or just new svarim. 50 to 100 svarim, they tell me, this, the, 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 the svarim store people. 50 to 100 new svarim appear every week. And, and, and printing, you know, and printing used to be laborious. Now there's, now there's laser printing, right? Now there's laptop, what's it called? desktop printing, laptop printing. Now everybody can print a book in his house. You, you print yourself a book. You can self-publish like nothing. So this is all Hashem wants things to appear in debris at a certain point in time. Rabbi, yeah. printing press came out at the time the Goyim were burning the Talmud and other Jewish works. Yeah, sometimes we're able to figure out why, and that's a, you know, to learn history. You have to get someone other than me. But <laughs> everything is a limud. You can delve into any aspect of the bria, and and really learn things. And uh, but Chazal is saying to realize that everything is with a cheshbon from Hashem.
Hashem planned for everything to occur when it occurred. But there's a, there's a long chain of events. If you could sit and write an essay how the piece of bread got to your table, you, you have to write volumes because the chain that led to the bread on your table, you, you wouldn't know where to start. I guess you would start with the farmer. But maybe you should start with the farmer's parents giving birth to the farmer. Maybe you have to talk about him buying the farm and planting the wheat. And where did he get, right? There's like hundreds, of millions, millions and millions of connecting dots that led to the bread on your table. So you have to realize it's Hashem. That's the point. The point he's making is to realize that the bread on your table, say, how did the bread get to your table? So you say, because I went to the Macaulay's and I bought it. So that's true, but it's very narrow-minded and short-sighted. And it cuts Hashem out of the picture. But if you step back and you say, wow, then, and you train yourself and you follow the chain, at the end of the chain, it's always Hashem. Always. So to realize that everything is, everything that occurs and everything that is, is the end of a chalshelis. And it's Hashem at that end, and you're at this end. Someone that's not trained with a discerning eye, he thinks, he has an illusion. Right? You know what sent the stock market down? this piece of news. Like we just look at the last link and we're very, wow, that's what happened. But that's silly, there's a long chain of events. And usually the last link in the chain, in and of itself, not usually, inevitably always, the last link in the chain would never really do it. Right, you say, why did Israel win the war? Why did they lose the war? Why did this happen? And you look at the last link, it easily could have gone the other way. And we have that in our own lives. When you think like how you ended up, we ended up, and you say, you know, how did I get this job? Because I applied for it and I got the job. It's much more complicated than that. All the qualifications and who suggested that you try out for it and how you found out about it and all the different links that led to you getting it, so then you realize that it, it was it's much more complicated than that last link where you filled out an application form and they hired you. It's much more complex than that. But, but uh, again, the, the apparent... The apparent seba, uh, the, the thing that looks to us new, that's what did it. That's cause and effect. You say, why did Russia fall? Because the, the, they rioted in the streets. Nah, there was a whole... Shit. And really, the seba shall asma, what we think is the cause and effect, is really halosha varofa, is really very weak too weak to actually cause it. It's not really logical that that's 
what we think you know caused the, the, the economy to go into a tailspin or caused, or caused this see nefesh benefesh a little thing small little thing and it grew into before you know it you turn around and then like there's like hundreds and hundreds of people coming here like what happened like whoa <laughs> where did this grow from everything's happening at the time it's supposed to happen and when it's supposed to happen and then and, and the point is because Hashem's always at the end of the link okay okay